does character matter? We have seven people in here that agree with that. Amen. Amen, it does. So this morning when I woke up, I had this, I had something else to do like I always do. And the Spirit of God began to really deal with me strong about this one issue. And go to Colossians chapter 3. In our society today, it looks to me like something happened to character. And I'm, I'm going to start off by telling you a story. After I read my scripture, I want to tell you a story. And I haven't decided whether I'm going to put it in the book yet or not. But anyway, Colossians, let's read Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Put them on. When, before I got born again as a young man, I was probably about 16 or 17, maybe 16. My mother had a friend. I don't think he was a boyfriend, but he was a friend that came over to the house. And he worked at a place in Athens, was a poultry plant. Now that's, I guess they slaughtered chickens there. I don't know what they did, but they, they boxed them up and shipped them all over the place. And Georgia's got a lot of chicken houses. And so he looked at me and said, come on down. I'm going to get you a job. I can guarantee it. Now, for me at that time, that's a, that would be a lot of money for me because basically I would start making wages like a full-grown man. And so I went down for the interview. He says, the interview is easy and, and you'll do well. That's, that was his words for me. Well, I went down, and believe it or not, this is not where my nut and bolt and story came from, but they walked me in a room, and they had a board with, with bolts on it, and they were sticking up out of it in a row like, like, like 25 on one side and 25 on another. And, and one board was black, one board was white, and, and the one on the left had nuts on it, and the one on the right had none. And so they just looked at me and says, now here's what we want you to do. You're applying for a job in the maintenance department. And uh, we want you to take the nuts off and put them on the right side. We're going to time you. But you can only use one hand. And they left the room. I used two. Because in my 16-year-old mind, I think they're looking for speed. Well, when they came back in, all the nuts were on the right side of the board, and they, they said, okay, that's you. And they, they walked in, they hit the clock. They said, that's pretty good time. We're going to do it again. But this time, just remember, use one hand. Well, I didn't use one hand. They did it three times, and, and I went home that day, and they never called me back. <laughs> and all of y'all are sitting here going, I, we, yeah, we, we could have told you that. Now, what happened was, I, I, you know, being a non-Christian, that didn't dawn on me ever again. I just went, eh, whatever, and, and I went on with my life. And one day after I'm born again, I'm riding around the bypass of Athens, and when I came by the poultry plant, the Lord said, do you remember that interview? 
I said, I do. He said, do you know why you didn't get the job? And I said, no, sir. He says, the only requirement they were asking out of you was could you follow directions? That's it. I, you know, if you're in business, you understand. Now, listen to what I'm about to say, and I don't ever want you to forget it. You're always hired for your skill, but you're fired for your attitude. That's almost always 100% of the time. See, he, people have said this to me. I can teach you a skill, but I can't teach you character. If you don't have character, you really don't have anything. Our society today, young people are going for, for the skill they're going for the knowledge, and they totally lack character. I mean, they'll quit a job, not show up, not call in. Yeah. And they and, and, and our whole society, we have people, and I have I know businesses here in Apopka that are looking for help. And then we have people coming into church looking for work. Well, y'all are exciting. And it isn't that they can't get help. They say, I can't get good help. Well, we have to define that. They're not really asking for skilled help. They can teach you to flip a burger. But they can't teach you character, honesty, morality, kindness, follow directions, those that, you know, we've been talking lately about starting a school. Do you have any idea how powerful it will be when we start one and we can start teaching kids how to make it in life by teaching them a whole lot more than ABC, reading, writing, arithmetic? All of that's important. But all of the early books that were taught in schools all of the Christian books were about character. So while they were learning to read, they were reading books on right versus wrong. All the cowboy movies when I grew up. You know, Bonanza. Come on, don't, y'all, y'all, let's. I, I remember one time in a Bonanza movie that the sheriff came and, and arrested Paul, the head of Bonanza. And so um, Hoss comes down and says, Paul, me and little Joe are going to break you out tonight. And he said, you're not going to do any such a thing. He said, I want you to come. Now, this is on TV. Bring me my Bible. He said, I am not leaving this jail until I have my day in court and we're going to get to the root of this problem. He said, I'm innocent and I'm not going anywhere. And, and you know, I, and I'm a kid and, and I, here I am, 69. I can tell you what that movie was about. And, and of course, everything he was accused of, the, the truth came out and, and Paul was um, innocent and Hoss didn't break him out. Hoss, didn't, Hoss told him, he said, right, we'll go in here. We'll just whoop somebody, Paul. 
And, you know, and I remembered that movie, and I remembered The Rifleman, and I remembered Ren 1010. And all of those movies were based on right versus wrong. And so we grew up with a diet of it until one day, good God, help me, Jesus. Something happened in America. And, I'm, and I want to talk, I just want to ask this question, does character matter? So I'm going to make a statement here, and I'm going to show you in, in two sentences what happened. Are you ready? Yes. Character will always take a back seat. Now, we're talking about pride. Character will always take a back seat if it gets in the way of ambition. See, everybody believes in right and wrong until it gets in the way of what I want to do. Now, you understand that once you know that statement right there, someone said, I think it was Kenneth Copeland said one time that someone was basically honest. And he said, what's the definition of basically honest? That you don't lie, cheat, and steal unless you have to. But when do we lie, cheat, and steal? Never. Now, now I'm going to show you the definition of, of, of what a humble man and how a humble man thinks. Character will always be number one. Period. Now, now I want now, now we're we're going somewhere with this because we're going to talk about submitting to God um, versus not. And the bottom line is: Can God and will God promote you, or do you have to? Now, that's the question. That is, that is the question. Everybody that walks in those doors, everybody that, everybody that walks in those doors, at some point is going to have an apple tree experience with God. God said, yeah, but I'm going to tell you what I think. Well, here's what he said. No. Yeah, but the apple looks good. No. It'll make you wise. No. It'll, it'll make you like God. It'll make you millions. No. Are, are y'all okay? Because we're going, are y'all ready to go with me tonight? Everybody that walks through those doors is going to have their garden day. They're going to have their apple tree day where we're going to have to go, well, I was dating this girl, but what happened? Do you have standards? I have standards. Nobody has ever made you lie. Nobody's ever made you mad. We'll go down that one in a minute because I've I learned that one from the Lord, Catherine. <laughs> Nobody has ever made you throw a fit. Let me get way ahead of myself. All fit throwing 
is you promoting you. When we quit promoting self, your days of throwing a fit are over. Either God's got it or you have it. And, and that is the root of every issue. That's heavy. Because when we start reading scriptures like I just read, let the elect of God be put on tender mercies, kindness. When we get into wives, submit to your own husbands, this is the normal response. Oh. Why? Because as a woman, I ain't no doormat. Okay? But can God vindicate you? Then you don't have to be ugly. You can submit and go down, and God will take you up. But you have to see faith. We, we use these words, faith. He that comes to God must believe he is, and he's a rewarder. You're not in here for me. Let me, let me make it plain. I will disappoint you. If I have not, this is your first day. Number two, your spouse will disappoint you. Your business will disappoint Your job, the people that you work with and for. Listen, you're not going to go through this life without people disappointing you and someone doing you wrong. You're not going to do it. Now, you have to make up your mind right now because every subject of live right has to be, am I going to take matters in my hands or am I going to leave it to God? And leaving it to God takes faith. You better, you have to know that you know that you know that you know God's got it and he will fix it. If you don't, you will blow gaskets. You will get ticked. You will show it. You will walk out of relationships. You will do it. Because you are the promoter of your life. And I'm not going to put up with that crap. If you know the Lord, you are. How are we doing? That's where character went. Character went out the window with submission to God. Can God do what God does? Willie. Y'all are lively tonight. What is the root of a lack of character? What is the root of good character? Pride. Pride. 
versus humility. Now, we often think of pride, well, I'm not the devil. <laughs> well, he doesn't think he's a devil either. Lisa, I'm going to have Lisa come up in a, in a little bit. We're going to get to the devil and why he's the way he is. And uh, she did a wonderful job this morning while we were having coffee and homemade bread. But anyway, listen to this one statement. You cannot love without humility. Now how, now, how can I make a statement like that? How can I make that statement and what does that mean? You, you can't love someone because love, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness. Now, when you think, well, I, I just, I hate that. Don't say that. That's not, no, God hates and he is love. So we know that can't be the definition, but God is not selfish. Amen. That's right. He's not self-seeking. He's not in it for number one. When you stop being number one, I got news for you. You'll have the best life in your, that you've, and you'll do nothing and you'll have a better life than you trying to fix you. Now, that, that, that may, that's a mouthful right there, but you have to believe that. So how can, how can I make a statement that, that you can't love? Because humility means that you're, you're no longer promoting self. Selfishness creates hell on earth. If you've ever been married to someone selfish, you know exactly what I just said. Me, 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 by God, me. And you're like, good God Almighty. And they really believe that's the way to do life. And yet right now, the world is totally full of people like that and the church. I had a man came in one time. I've told you this before. I'm going to tell it to you until Jesus returns. <laughs> what can this church do for me? You know, that's the mindset of 80 to 90% of people walking that door. What can you do for me? Well, I'll give you a church and you can grow up. And you can serve. Wash feet. Take care of the babies in the nursery. Hey, help cook for the men. Oh, that I, I, I want to learn the Bible. No, you don't. You want whatever God will give you without it costing you anything. People come and go, and, and I'm going to say this right now, and we'll just get it over with. 98% of them is not because of me. The other two, I ticked them off. Maybe it's 3%. It might be a little higher. Now. I don't know. Well, just go ahead. Okay. All right. Go to James chapter 4. Are y'all all right? Now, now it, it, you know, we were talking about school a while ago. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a school where we could teach kids right from wrong? Yeah. Teach them. What would happen if we could actually sit down and teach kids to, to respect your parents and respect authority and to love God and to love the Bible and to... And, you know, kids that are not taught right from wrong are miserable. They're miserable. Our boys grew up, 
they're, they weren't a miserable day in their life, except maybe the day they sassed. And it was short-lived, but they, well, I've asked all of them, I said, how did you enjoy growing up? We loved it, Dad. We, we just, we had a great childhood. We loved, I mean, we, they loved every day of their life. But they also had boundaries, and they knew what they were. I've met people, if you're one of them, don't, don't throw anything at me. Well, I've never been spanked, and I thought, yeah, I, I knew, I knew that. And I have met people that I thought to myself, your mother robbed you of not tanning your worthless little backside. Lisa and I know a person, and I'm not going to, she doesn't go to this church, you don't know who she is, girl, it's girl. And she got married, her parents were pastors of churches. And I don't think they ever whooped that girl a day in her life. I mean, she just, and, and she got married and her new husband said, uh, I want to go help my parents with their church. And it happened to be overseas. And she said, I ain't going. And just walked out of the marriage because this spoiled, rotten little brat has never been made to mind. And, and her husband wasn't in the position to spank her. So she got a divorce. And she's divorced now, and I've been around her, and she's a by God handful. She's totally, totally 100% off the chart. She reminds me of a pinball, you know, and I told Lisa one day, I said, God help the man that, the next guy that even attempts to marry this girl. And it's not her fault. It's really not her fault. And one day, I was with her and her mom, her dad. And her father said, we need to go now. She goes, I'm an adult now. Well, she's riding with him. I would have drove off. And sent her a note and went, you're an adult. Find your way home, honey. And they didn't live in Orlando. I mean, I, I, I just, now see, y'all go, well, that's mean. No, you're so totally wrong. I think sometimes the best thing for you to do with your kids is let reality slap them upside their head. Just, you made your bet, you figure this one out. Amen. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And see, y'all only get quiet on me like that. You know? I think the worst thing you do is not to, not to I, don't, I don't ever believe in whipping a kid for mistakes. I don't believe in whipping anybody for mistakes. I think you need to quit nagging people for mistakes. Mistakes is a part of life. It's a part of learning. But I will tan my kids' hides for rebellion. They spill milk at the table, clean it up. If they sass their mother, they'll find themselves on the floor. And they have. They thought I was a Israeli, I mean, a, a, an Afghanistan terrorist. <laughs> See, if, if you believe that God never gets mad, you don't know God. Oh, boy. God loves us enough to get upset with us at times. Yeah, he does. He does. So without humility, James chapter 4, you're not ever, you're not going anywhere because all humility is is submitting to God. But you won't do it. 
If you don't think he has your best interest at heart, and by going low, he'll take you up. See, I have people that come in here all the time. They walk in the church and go, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do this. And I go, well, fine, there's a toilet back there. Go clean it. And they don't last a week. Thank you. You want to be on the top rung of the ladder? Someone's, there, there's a, what does it say in Lisa? If you're riding down the road and you see a turtle on a fence post, know this, someone put it there. Okay, some of y'all are looking at me like, how did the turtle get up there? Well, it didn't. Anytime you see someone in the kingdom exalted, God put them there. They did. You don't climb anywhere in the kingdom that God doesn't do it. <laughs> Okay, that's good. I figured they got that. James chapter 4. Where do fights, where do wars and fights come from among you? I know none of y'all have ever, this is not on your refrigerator. I know that. Don't they come from the desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust. You don't have. You murder. You covet. You can't obtain it. You fight in war. Yet you don't have because you don't ask. Yeah, you did ask, but <laughs> you didn't receive because you asked amiss so you spent it on your pleasures. Now, he's getting real strong here, so I'm not preaching at you. I'm just reading. Adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world makes you enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously, he gives more grace? Now, listen, go back to that. The Spirit yearns jealously. Does the Spirit of God get grieved at misbehavior? Yes, he does. People have asked me this question. Pastor, you sounded angry Sunday. I was. You don't think that sometimes the Spirit of God doesn't look at our church and go, what are y'all doing? What are you doing? You, you, you know better than this. I happen to know that, that there's times he is great. And he's not running around mad all the time. But there are times when people's behaviors, 25, 30 years you've been born again, and you're still throwing fits. Okay. Preach hallelujah. Do you think the Spirit says in vain that, I'm going to tell you the number one, and, I, and I'm going to tell you this about I'm just going to use me because I know y'all don't want me to use you. He's made it real plain to me. He don't like it when I get mad at Lisa. Because a lot of it is just not necessary. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what. That's irrelevant. He's like, well, you know what? You, you, you should be way past that. Now, I'm just talking about me because it's easier for you to pick on me than for me to pick on you. But sometimes humility means you admit it. We ought to be more mature than we are. We ought to be further along in character than many of us are. You ought to be more dependable than you are. You ought to be holier than you are. 
you ought to be more pliable and not so touchy. It takes humility to live that way. Amen. Thank you. You just you just keep saying amen, and I'm you and I'll do good. He gives more grace, and he said, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Don't resist the devil till you're submitted. Don't even run around going, I told the devil to get out of here, and he didn't listen to a thing I said. Well, you might be running with him. Until a person says, Father, whatever you say, I'll do it. Now, that takes, that takes an enormous amount of faith and love. You're not going to love a person if you're self-centered. Because everything that you're doing, see, that person, see, uh, Catherine comes to this church, but the reason I love her is because she feeds my ego. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> reason I love her is because God loves her, whether she feeds my ego or not. I don't have an ulterior motive for you being here. I'm not insecure unless I have a crowd. I'm insecure. I'm secure in God if you never show up. Matter of fact, there was times I hoped you didn't so we could shut it all down. That's a long time ago. But are y'all understanding that? Because you're not ever going to see when you're married, you're not going to be a submissive wife until you're in love with God. That's true. You won't do it. He's going to say something to you and you're put him in his place. You ain't going to treat me that way. I'm going to tell you something, Jack, right now. I'll go home to mom and dad. You know, you straighten your little self up. Woo, it's quiet at this Baptist church. And vice versa. You know that if you get married, I'm going to give you the word for marriage, work. <laughs> you have married somebody that makes cornbread totally different than your mother. <laughs> Everything Lisa's parents did, so different than Morgan's. They didn't do Christmas the way Morgan's. The, the Leggett's, they give one or two gifts. Morgan's give 20. We always went in debt at Christmas. The Leggett's never went in debt anytime. So she had to learn to give, and I had to learn to quit trying to buy love. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Because, see, you can be wrong on both ends of the spectrum. Lisa's parents, they had their issues, but my mother was the biggest pouter on God's green earth. And she raised all of us to be royal pouters. How many of you know that's selfish too? Well, if you don't do what I say, I ain't talking to you for three days. Well, it's quiet in this church. I'm going to tell you right now, we're doing good. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. He's talking to church members. Purify your heart, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll do what? Boy, is that a powerful scripture, Barbara Neff. If you will quit trying to fix everybody and everything, my number one goal in life, mine, is to please God. 
that is a full-time job, Paul. As long as you're trying to fix your spouse, you're neglecting your greatest need, you. <laughs> Thank y'all, y'all are wonderful. See, y'all don't really shout as much as you do on Sunday morning, but I understand the content. Angela, I know you wish Mike was here, but there's not a thing we can do about that. He's up there. Michael's in the back. If you wish he was sitting right there, you could elbow him a little bit and go, Michael, this is, you just, you just shut up. Okay. Michael's a good man. Michael's a good man. Are y'all ready? Chapter 3, verse 14, James 3, 14. If you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your heart, don't boast and don't lie. This wisdom that you're operating in, you didn't get it from God. What is it? Earthly, sensual, demonic. That's powerful. This right here is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible because every time I'm having a bad day, y'all, I'm having a bad day. See, you don't need to have bad days. I don't need to be having bad days. But every time I'm having a bad day and I'm usually self-seeking, confused, and, and, and not, well, anyway, I'll read the rest of it. Verse, verse 16, where envy and self-seeking exist, there's confusion. Yes. Every evil thing is there. Yes. And you invited it in your house. Yes. Now look at verse 17. But the wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, and willing to what? Yield. Did it ever dawn on you that you could be wrong? Humility says, okay, where? What's pride say? Not me. Oh, no, no, I don't, don't, don't you go down there with that road with me. Don't you, no, 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 no. You get your finger in my face. How in the world are you ever going to learn anything if, if, if you got your fingers in your ears? Like the day that I didn't get that job. Wouldn't it have been nice if somebody had looked at me and said, you know, if you do what someone told you, someone would hire you. But I spent years broke mad at the world because they wouldn't hire me. And it was my hair. Honey, it wasn't my hair. It was me. But you ever notice that we have a hard time admitting that it just might be us? Nobody likes me. The whole world stinks. Might be your attitude. So I go back to this. Wisdom that is from above is first pure, 
It's peaceable. That means that blessed are the peacemakers, not troublemakers. Gentle. I've, I've had to stop right there before. Do you know what a gentle man is? It's a man who's gentle. Never mind. Willing to yield. It means you're not always right. There's more than one opinion in your house. There's more than one opinion in this church. There's more than one opinion in this city. There's more than one opinion on this planet. Right now we have a problem in America with people who can't hear anything but my opinion. And that's where the biggest issue, that is where the number one issue is right now. Because, I mean, you know, and I watch these things on YouTube where this, Justin will tell me who it is. This guy's walking around interviewing kids. And he says, what country is Japan in? And people are going, China? Yeah, have you all seen any of those? On, oh, I, I, I only can watch about a minute and I got to turn it off. I go, oh, God. How many states are in the United States? 27? What's the capital? Um, I don't know. And you're like, oh, God, help us, Jesus. And when they give them a math problem, three times three plus three, 21? And these are young adults. And I'm like, oh, God. Has anybody ever taught you anything? That's when I stop and go, we need a school. Bad. Lisa did a fabulous job of homeschooling the boys. And she's kind of like, well, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I went, honey, you know more than most people. And she did a fantastic job teaching those boys. Anyway, so much so that when they went to work at Pentair, uh, Jordan, Josh Brown, and Justin would sit around the table and teach the men about marriage. And none, none of them, only one married there was Josh Brown. <laughs> and about women and all And they said, where did you learn all this? And they started realizing these kids are smart. Anyway, enough of that. Proverbs 13.10, pop it up on the screen. This is another one of my scriptures. I put the word Only. Only by pride comes nothing but strife. The next time you're in a fight, the next time you're in a fight, I want you to open your Bible to that scripture. And I want you to ask the question, am I in strife? Am I promoting me? Lisa and I had a disagreement one time. It was just really actually a knockdown, drag-out fight. It was a long time ago. And we'd had quite a few that week, month, and year. She was sick and I was sick and we were both broke. And I looked at her and I said, are you tired of being broke? She said, yes. I said, are you tired of being sick? She said, yes. I said, why don't you and I just run pride off and while we start talking and listening? And we both agreed. 
We both went, okay. Now, we've both had times where we raised our voice a little bit, and we go, okay, hold it. And I mean, having a fight is rare. Unless she's totally wrong. <laughs> Angela's shaking her head and going, I don't believe you just said that. But here, this scripture helped me out. And I, and I, and I say this because if you're going to walk through the doors of this church, someone is going to rub you the wrong way. Why don't you find out what you're made out of. I say it this way. Someone needs to wear big boy pants and big girl pants. At what point do you show us how mature you are? Don't think I haven't quit coming here myself. I quit many times. I say the word only, only by pride. And then the one translation said, only by pride comes contention. If there's contention, there's selfishness in the room. Me. That means God is not there. Who's promoting you? You are. Go back to um, the book of uh, first. Go to First Peter now. First Peter five. Does character matter? Oh, you better believe it does. Your anointing will take you where only your character will keep you. If you are skilled, you'll go places with skill, but the character is what will keep you there. Marriage, it's going to be about character. I told Lisa this morning, and she's going to get up here in a minute. I'm going to make sure she has plenty of time. We're going to talk about how beautiful the devil is, but I'm going to make a statement to you. I don't care how pretty you are. That will come to an end. I don't care how handsome you are. Age and gravity take over. And when you get older, there had better be some character there. I tell people all the time, I remember when. Someone said, Pastor Daryl, do you have a problem with women anymore? No. <laughs> First of all, I couldn't catch one if I chased her. And if I caught her, she wouldn't want me anyway. I mean, it's just, there's just something about old age that, that cures a lot of problems. Now I thank God for the one I have that's still there. And so, anyway, never mind. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5, and then we're going to read down through there, and we're going to take a little side journey here, 5-5. Five, five. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. That's a, well, what a word. 
but why would we not do that? Well, well that, that's a cuss word. Submit. I ain't doing what you say. I don't know who you think you are. Why can't you submit? Women, why is that a bad word? Is God God? Does he know? I'm going to tell you a story, and the only person in the whole room that knows who I'm talking about is Betty May, and she won't say a word. Lisa and I have a friend in ministry whose husband was a brute. We went on vacation with him one time, and we're riding through the mountains of Colorado together, and everyone in the car is puking, and he won't stop. We have to be, we have to get where we're getting. And his wife is going, honey, would you please pull over? Everybody's puking. And I finally tapped him on the shoulder and I said, brother, stop the car. And he stopped the car. And everybody got out and puked on the side of the road. And he's a brute. He's just a brute. His wife wanted to work in church and she wouldn't, he wouldn't let her. She's my wife. I don't want her down there putting all her time in that church. Well, his wife belongs to the Lord. So one day he came to me and said, I'm divorcing my wife. And I began to try to talk him out of it. And I called and, and tried to help. And the Lord said to me, get out of this. I said, what? He said, this is me. He said, I'm tired of the way he treats her. I am setting her free. She married a wonderful man. And she wasn't a fighter. She just was a very meek, mild, soft-spoken lady. I mean, she wasn't the kind of person. I mean, she just took his gruff. And, and you'd think, well, dear God, I mean, she just can No, there is a God, and he watches you, and nothing. I'm telling you what, there comes a day he'll vindicate you. Someone's doing you wrong, he will vindicate you. Someone's stealing from you, he will vindicate you. I could tell you more stories, but they're, they're in Apopka, so I'm going to have to. This one was Colorado, and that's too far for you all to know who I'm talking about. But God came to her rescue. I've seen God do it way more than you would ever imagine, that God would get in the middle of something and, 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 and straighten it out. And you're like, what just happened there? God got about tired of that. So you don't think God can't talk to your spouse or your boss? Oh, you better believe he can, and he will. Not as long as you're trying to fix it. Because now you're the problem. Now he's got two idiots, your boss and you, or your husband and you. got two idiots in the house. That's good. Okay. One, you know, you, you have to understand your attitude's your attitude. And you are controlling it whether you like to agree. No, 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 it's not me. It's yeah, it's you. Yeah. It, that's not easy for a person to go, eh, it's me. That takes humility. Oh, glory to God. All right. Um 
1 Peter 2.18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Well, you want to take that right out of your Bible, scratch it out. Not only to the good and the gentle, but even the harsh. I ain't taking that crap. I ain't take any more of your crap, Eddie. I ain't never taking no more of that. <laughs> this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God, you endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Submission. If you're going to submit, you're going to suffer. But you have to know that you know that you know that you know God will pick you up. See, as a matter of fact, let me tell it to you this way. You must understand that the only way up is down. And the only way down is up. If you exalt yourself, you will go down. 100% of the time, you will go down. But if you humble yourself, he'll put you on the fence post. And you didn't have to fight anybody. That's good news. Yeah, because it gets rid of all. Now, you can actually submit to God and the people that are not right, like Joseph did, like uh, Joseph. and You know, there's a lot of stories in the Bible. Jesus submitted himself to even people who treated him harshly. But, but listen, he came out all right. And you have to believe that with all your heart because you won't walk in love if you don't believe that. If you don't believe that God is for you, you won't walk in love. Because you'll defend yourself. You take care of yourself. Me. Me. Okay. Let me let's see, where were we? Verse 20. When you are what credit is it when you're beaten for your faults and you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer and take it patiently, this is commendable before God. To this you are called. <laughs> oh no, Jesus, that's not what I'm called to do. Christ suffered for us, left an example that you would follow in his steps. He committed no sin, nor deceit found in his mouth. And when he was reviled, he did not revile back in return. Then how did he make it up? God took him up there. God resists the proud. So what happens if, if, if you're the proud? Even if you're right. Oh, come over here and plead. I mean. Blessed are the troublemakers, they shall inherit the earth. Every Muslim on the planet believes that. Okay, Lisa, come up here. I'm about done. Isaiah 14. Lisa and I were talking this morning about the devil, and she got off into something that she had studied out. And I'll tell you where, I, where this began with me. Years ago, I got a set of tapes by Keith Moore on humility. Really, it was about pride. But nobody can sell a set of tapes called Overcoming Pride. No one would buy the series. Well, I don't need that. So I listen to the tapes on humility, and he starts off the tape series by saying, God hates pride. He hates it. And I went, Shonda. <laughs> then he started listing what it is. And I screamed and hollered and ouched, turned the tape off, rested for a while and turned it back on. Come on. You see, pride hates truth. Pride hates truth. Humble loves truth. See, if you love in tonight, 
you're humble. But if you're sitting there going, yeah, you need to be preaching this. Well, I am talking to you. I sure wish that my wife was here. I'm talking to you too. Because that's pride. Every one of us deal with this. Don't anybody get holy on me. Don't get anybody. Every one of us have a certain amount of pride. We all deal with this self-preservation stuff. But you know that you're saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. No pride there. You didn't do anything. The less you do, the more glory you give God, the better you will be. Come on up here and take it. And You got the mic. She's going to take it. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. I got two scriptures for you. And okay. <laughs> I'll sit down. Yes, ma'am. Sorry about that. All right. So um, this is very interesting about Satan, but before I read it, I want you to understand that as I'm reading it, you'll understand that this is, this is where he got tripped up, and it's where many people in the world get tripped up, and it's where we can get tripped up. I think it's Ezekiel that... So it's all yeah, right. It's Isaiah 14 is fine. We can start there. And so if you go to 14, I'm going to go, I'm going to start with nine because this is, this is very, this is kind of cool. God's saying hell from beneath is excited about you. It's waiting on him, Satan. He's not in hell. Hell from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you. All the chief ones of the earth has raised, is raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nation. They all shall speak and say to you, have you also become as weak as we are? Have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to Sheol and the sound of your stringed instruments. The maggot is spread under you and the worms cover you. I'll talk to you later about the stringed instruments. The Bible says in the KJV that God put pipes and drums inside of Lucifer. And so uh, there are drum beats that aren't good because they're coming from an evil heart. And so years ago, and this is free, but years ago, I heard people say, it's not about the beat, it's just about the words. It's just about the words. No, it's about the beat, Baggy. It's about the beat. Because it says, my pipes and my tabrets, which is a snare drum, which Megan beats all the time with the kick. It, she's, there's other toms. She doesn't beat the toms all the time. But the snare drum was inside of the Lucifer. And so there's a beat, and he was, he, he was a musician. He was a beautiful musician. So here's the deal. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, verse 12? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The stars of God are not physical stars. It's the angelic beings of God. I will... Exalt my throne above all the angels of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet God saying, you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Now, Satan said five I wills. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Now God had some I wills to say back. To him. So listen to this. This is where his this is where he started. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me and said, Son of man, 
sorry, Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Now, verse 12, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. Tyre, that's Lucifer, and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. You were full of wisdom and you were perfect in beauty. He was perfect in beauty, but who created him? He didn't create himself. So then it says, you were in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onks, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. In the KJV, it says the workmanship of your tabrets and your pipes were prepared in you. They were in you, and the tabret is the drum. It is the snare drum, and it is also now transferred into the timbrel, which is the tambourine. An old-fashioned tambourine has that drum skin, right, pulled over it with the little ring-a-ling-a-ling bells. You know, in today's modern time, the, the, the skin is not there anymore. It's just open, but the tabret is the snare drum, and then they just made a little one with a tambourine. So that was in Satan. So music is very important. Don't you know how music affects a worship service or music that's not godly affects people doing things they shouldn't do. So that's why it's so powerful to be careful about the music you're listening to. I told Pastor when we were in Jamaica, we listened to the beat of a, a drum beat the drums at in, night. In, the, in the bar across the street while we were sleeping in the mission. And they were partying all night. And even though they weren't really singing or saying anything, it was that boom, 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 boom. You're like, there's just something wrong with that beat. Even though they're not saying anything, it just doesn't sound good. <laughs> so, amen. So, you got to be watched that. And then it's, here's what God said. He said, by the abundance, he said, you were perfect, verse 15. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. created. Again, Satan didn't create himself or Lucifer. Till until iniquity is found in you. By the abundance of your trading or your commerce, you became filled with violence from within. You sinned. Therefore, I, now God's saying, I cast you out as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. I destroyed you. Oh, you covering cherub. A covering cherub. A cherub is one of the highest orders of angels. It could be the second order of angels. I think he was in the first order because he had thrones. So, you know, we can make suppositions, but he was one of the highest order of angels. That is what a cherub is. And it says, I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up. Why? Because of your beauty. That is where it started. He looked at himself one day and said, I am the most beautiful thing up here. But God created him that way. And his heart was lifted up because of his beauty. So let me jump in here with her right now. Our society today places a premium on how you look. That is true. But not much on how you are. Or how you are inside. And a beautiful woman is a woman of character, yeah. not just pretty, 
There's where we're create. We have an issue in America because everybody wants to be the beautiful woman or the Kardashians, or and then if you aren't like that, well then you know you just aren't nothing. That's not true. That simply isn't true because Satan is beautiful, and he's, he's but and, he's the devil. And basically, he said, "I deserve better than this." Yeah. And we have to be very careful, even in our own church world, the way we dress, the way we present ourselves. I know there's styles and fashions out there, and we want to be in style. But if the style brings you to a place of exposing things that God doesn't want to be exposed, then you just let it go. You pick something else in that style that covers. But so much emphasis, and as we've gone down in the culture, it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. You're like, I don't think I can join that style this year because there's just there's no threads in this style, you know. And so I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm just saying that there's so much emphasis placed on how you look and how you are accepted by how you look. And that's because it came supreme from that being. So you have to be careful of that. You have to, you have to be careful how much importance you place on yourself. I'm not saying not to look your best. You know I'm not saying that. But if you're overdoing it and you're overconscious of how you look, you and, might want to step and back. And what you drive and what you wear. And how those things are good, but and how that appears to people. That's not number one. That's what started right here. And so it says, your heart was lifted up, verse 17, because of your beauty. You corrupted your own wisdom. He was full of wisdom. The Bible says he was perfect in wisdom and beauty. You corrupted, God said, your own wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I, now here's some eyes from God. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. I turned you to ashes, verse 18. Amen. And it says, therefore, I brought fire from your midst and it devoured you. I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Verse 19, all who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and you shall be no more forever. You know, I find it very interesting that in such a perfect place of peace and beauty and tranquility, that God gave these beings a right to still choose. Because true worship, the worship that, this is just my opinion, the worship that happens around the throne all the time, if it was robotic, it wouldn't be really worship. Worship is something that's given. That's, that's something that's given by choice. And so even in all the beauty of God and what he created and the perfection of it all, for someone to go, for something to go, I think, you know, I'm just going to, I deserve better than this, and for their heart to be filled with pride. So that, that's where it starts. So the, the fact is here is that, let's, can we go to Colossians 3? Colossians 3 is a great, let's just go to Colossians 3, and I'll tell you where to go when I find it. Actually, my husband's Bible's all marked up. I don't know if he's ever marked that, but... We'll see. Colossians chapter 3. Um, therefore, verse 12, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on 
tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Put on tender mercies. That's something you have to put on. Put on kindness. Learn to be consistently kind. Be consistently kind. It says, put on humility. And then it says later, it says, forbearing, verse 13, forbearing with one another and forgiving one another. What does bearing with one another mean? It means put up with each other's faults. So can you do that? Yes. So here's my question. Let's say that you have a spouse that's hard to get along with. Why is it always their fault you have a bad attitude? See, any time that you can blame somebody, you're, you're pushing, well, they're, they're a three and I'm a four. Well, why don't you, are you getting this? He's telling you and I, bear with one another, forgive one another. Uh, that means you can. It has nothing to do with whether they're good, bad, or ugly. It's totally, are you submitted Until you get submitted, forget the rest of the world. You don't need to try to straighten out all the problems in the world when you're the one that's not submitted to God. I had a lady came to this church, and she got real mad at me over something. And when she walked away, I said, said, do you ever read your Bible? And the Lord said, she never reads her Bible. Now, she's in church, she calls herself a Christian, and she, and she wants to straighten the whole darn world out because they're so screwed up. Well, she's screwed up too. God's not going to use you messed up to fix the world. It's going to be the anointing in you because the people she's wanting to fix, they need Jesus. They don't need the government to give them a handout. They need Jesus because they're all sinners. So this is the opposite of Satan. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, it is easy for us to have a complaint against everybody. You're going to do something I don't like. I'm going to do something you don't like. Well, I don't think she should act that way or he should act that way. Well, that's probably true. You're probably right. But it's better to love than to be right. Put up with it. We say this a lot. I wouldn't put up with that. I wouldn't put up with that dirty minute, you know, or whatever. The truth is, is that God said, put up with it. Put up with it. There are certain things you don't put up with. Okay. And that, that's sin. And that's certain things that God calls sin. You're not going to put up with stuff, but everyday life and your little complaints and people's faults, we all have faults. He said, bear with one another. Even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all of these things, do what? Put on love. I'll never forget one time that Kenneth and Gloria were having a fight. I wasn't there. And and Kenneth said something about Gloria, and the Lord said, that's none of your business. He went, excuse me. Your job is to love your wife, not to straighten her out. He said, you're not even doing what I told you to do. Leave glory alone. And I'm thinking, boy, Kenneth, you have no idea how much that ministered to me. And then Lisa needs to hear that. Okay. Well, see, how many of y'all have ever gone through any of this in your own soul? 
Oh, yeah, we all have. And, I mean, there's a lot of people I wish they'd straighten up so I could have a better day. Never mind. But I'll tell you something, you'll have a better day the day you decide to walk in love. Yeah. Yeah. Father God, bless them. Help them out. I remember being like that. Help them out, Jesus. They need love. They need mercy. Be blessed. Bless them, Jesus. It's a whole lot easier just to be nice. I know I'm preaching to somebody, but that's all right. The problem with all of us, even as we're growing in the word, we get ingrained in us the light of God, and we, say, and we learn what's right and what's not right. But instead of really honing more in on ourselves and we get ourselves to a place where we're like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. But we start to get self-righteous sometimes and we start becoming the Holy Ghost police over everybody. And like, we know what's right. So you, so you, you need to, you know, shape it up. You're not, you, you learn it for yourself. Like pastor was saying earlier, oh man, my wife needs to be here. Oh man, my husband, no, you need to be here. You take what he said or what we said or what the word of God says and go, I'm going to take this for myself. I'm not going to worry about Joe or, you know, Julia that didn't come. They're not here. But the truth is, if they're supposed to be here, God will hold them responsible for what they didn't get because they were. But that's none of your business. You learn and grow for yourself. So one of the things the Lord showed me was that when Mark Hankins wrote that book on love, when you read it, I will promise you, you'll get to use it today. <laughs> but you have to ask yourself, how am I going to grow in it if everybody around me is perfect? Well, y'all went quiet on me. In other words, mm-hmm. you're going to start noticing it everywhere you go. But all it is is an opportunity for you. So I started the night off with this statement. Does character matter. Yes. Let me tell you, the greatest thing you'll ever do for yourself is to get character. Because character will take you and keep you where nothing else will. Back to that original job. There's a lot of things the Lord has done for me because I chose to humble myself and submit to God. I didn't fight for myself. I didn't try to make someone pay me back. I just let it go, gave it to God, and walked away. And said, God, you saw it. Now you're going to have to fix this. Well, you have no idea how peaceful and sweet that is. You're just like, praise the Lord. The next thing I found out is that strife is unhealthy for your body. I think it's the number one killer of the flesh. Strife and stress. Stress is not what's happening to you. It's what's happening in In you. you. Yes, that's true. Am I doing all right, Paul? Because you sure look like a dog at a new bowl right now. Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. No, I love Paul. He's a great guy. Is this good? Yes. Now, I know that this is a little offbeat from other Wednesday nights. You came in here. Don't use living right for God to love you. He already loves you. 
I want you to love you. Yeah. There's a lot of issues that will never be resolved until you get them resolved in you. If God is for me. Who can be? But your, but your focus is on how am I doing, yeah. how am I doing right now. And when you stay that way, then there's peace in you. There's joy in you. And that is what you want. Now, other people around you, God may open a door one day for you to say something to somebody, and sometimes he does. But it's never with a wrong attitude. I'm here to straighten you out. I say something to you for your benefit, and if you don't, if you don't want to hear it, that's fine. If you do, that's good. But you're not out to straighten nobody else out so you can have a good life. Yeah. Say character. Character. Matters. And then say there's no such thing as love without humility. Without humility. Amen. My boss one time when I was working at Weber and Tucker, he said, Morgan, we hate you. I said, why? He says, we're so tired of hearing about Jesus. I said, why do you keep me? He said, you're the only son of a gun that we know will be here and be on time and get the job done. They recognized character. Yeah. But they didn't want to hear about Jesus because they're all into all kind of junk. But he said, you're my only employee that when, so, when Monday comes, you'll be here at the job. That's true. All the others, he said, most of them will be drunk. But I have to keep them because I don't have anybody else. But Morgan will be here. Yeah, amen. That's a good reputation. We know you keep your word. Amen. amen. So, you ready to pray? Let's do it the way they do it in Wisconsin. So, so, so. If you've never been to Wisconsin, you don't know what we're talking about. So, so. How does Mary talk? It's hard to talk that way. It's talking that way. So, so. Father God, I want to thank you for this evening. I, 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 we stand in front of a, a church full of people who are born-again Christians, love God. We don't talk a lot about character in America today, and we should. And we should talk about it with our kids. And Father God, I pray that everybody at the sound of our voice would walk out of here tonight and go, that's helpful. Because no matter what's happening around us, what's happening in us is far more important than anything happening around us. Because you said if we would humble ourselves, that you would take us up. That's a 100% guarantee of exaltation no matter what we're going through in life. And knowing that, it, it, it causes us to put our rocks down and to be a lot easier to get along with. I pray that if anybody in the sound of my voice is listening to this and we didn't call their names out, but they related to some of the things we said, I pray that no condemnation on them. Tonight was their night to hear something and go, hey, I think it's time to make some adjustments. And I thank you for your goodness and mercy on us in Jesus' name. This is not the last time you'll ever have to think about character. There's a lot in our Bible about character. Wouldn't it be nice if we actually read the book? There's a lot of who you are in Christ, and I love preaching it, how much God loves us. But there's a whole lot of put this on. 
and it's for your benefit. Amen. God bless you, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.